the greatest prison that people live in is the fear of what other people think. What happened to me as a result of all the ridicule I went through is that I stepped out of the fear of what other people thought. Hi guys, I'm Lex. And I'm Trex. And this is Exploration Unknown. <laughs> okay. So, everybody, first things first, this is our 10th episode. And we told you guys, our 10th episode, we're going to do something special. So, we're doing video podcasts now. And we're starting it off on the 10th episode. So, uh, this is going to be one for the history books. Um, this one is going to be something of a tragedy. A tragedy. A, a, a tragedy. <laughs> Okay, um, Chris Benoit. If you don't know who Chris Benoit is, the Crippler Crossface, the Canadian uh, Crippler. Um, he was a wrestler, and he started his wrestling career, I believe, in the eighties. And um, it's rumors going around, conspiracies going around about his his. his death of his family and then himself um there's speculations that he just had enough and just murdered his entire family and killed himself but there's people out there that believe that it's deeper than that they don't think that he just gonna snap all of a sudden you know but there's been Dad was telling me a little bit about it because, like I said, I'm not, like, a huge wrestling fan. Like we were talking about earlier, whenever I found out wrestling was fake, I stopped watching it. Right. But he was telling me how they were saying, like, it was roid rage or whatever. But when they did his toxicology report, there wasn't enough steroids in him to conclude that it could be roid rage. Right. So, and it's... Dad was bringing up something about um, there was a lot of hard things going on in WWE at that time with yes. the fan family. How his daughter was like leaving or whatever. I don't know. But it was, it was a lot of things going on, especially like a lot of people says that he went into a very depressed state after Eddie Guerrero passed away because Eddie Guerrero was like his real life best friend. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero was uh, basically like a brother to him, and they say that he took that very hard because you know because of how close they was, and rightfully so. You know, when you're traveling with somebody for like three hundred and fifty something days out of the year, you know what I'm saying. You're on the road with this person. You you know you you develop that type of friendship. You know yeah. that type of brotherhood. So I could see, I could see it being hard on a person, you know, not you're on the road, things, little things that you guys used to do together that you no longer can do together on that road because one person is now missing. So yeah. I get, I get, I get having that sadness and that dark cloud over you. Um, but that's, that's not, I don't see, that's why I don't see, I don't think that's the reason behind him or the, the reason this whole incident happened. Um, I'm just going to tell you my opinion and then we can go on about everything else. My opinion is, I believe that 
some people was after him. For what? I don't know. You know, you don't know what these people do behind closed curtains and shit. So I don't know. But <clears throat> it was if you ever watched Dark Side of the Ring, they did a they did a special on Chris Benoit, along with the other uh, wrestlers who had either killed people or was just like a terrible person and stuff like that. But it was it was shedding light on it and. On that, it was it was just it was craziness. Like just hearing about like how his friends seen seen his changing. You know, at like late little bit after Eddie's passing, he was changing, and he would disappear for weeks, and he never would do that. You know what I'm saying? He would just be gone, and they said they seen the change, but I honestly feel like he was murdered in some way. For what reasons, I don't know, but I definitely feel like he, him and his family was well, murdered. When me and Dad were talking about it, he was saying how uh, Vince had fired his son when this happened. Like, right before this happened, he had fired his son. Dan McMahon, yes. Yeah, and um, something about Triple H had had, like, a heart attack or something. But Vince McMahon's son was very pissed off about being fired. And apparently, one of the theories is that Vince's son told him something that would hold weight over him. So basically, Vince's son gave Chris Benoit ammo to use against Vince. And they think that because of that... Vince had to have him taken out. <laughs> this is my first time hearing of this one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo. For real, though, like, I mean, I never took the, the, the McMahons to be that shady, you know? Like, I, I know they did some shady shit in their time, but to take somebody out like that, I don't know. Like, Anything is possible, though. You know what I'm saying? Like One of the points that I've seen brought up a lot is Vince has always made it abundantly clear in WWE and outside of it, you get in his way, he's going to get rid of you. He's going to do what he has to do to get you out of his way. He's going to remove obstacles he feels necessary to remove. And... When I heard that conspiracy, that sounds legit to me. That sounds very much like it could be true. So listen to this. So he said, let me go back up a little bit. On June 24, 2007, Chris Benoit scheduled to appear at a pay-per-view fight called Vengeance, Night of Champions, in Houston, Texas, where he was expected to win the Extreme Championship Wrestling World Championship, but Benoit never showed up. The same day, his friend Chavo Guerrero, the nephew of the late wrestler Eddie Guerrero, received a strange message from the wrestler. Benoit had written, the dogs are in the enclosed pool area and the back door is open, and texted Guerrero his address. 
Sports Keita reports that Benoit's message didn't cause Guerrero any concern until he learned that Benoit hadn't showed up to the pay-per-view fight. Then he alerted WWE authorities who called the police. They went to Benoit's house in Fayetteville, Georgia, where he shared with Nancy and his seven-year-old son, Daniel, and found gruesome scene. All three were dead. Now think about it. If Vince is the one that had him killed, and you got to keep in mind, too, He's the one, Vince is the one that called authorities to tell them to go check on him. There's an alibi right there. Big facts, though, because, like, if he called, if he had them call, like, he, I, I, don't, I doubt he did that with every wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they did another show, he's not going to waste his time and money and be like, hey, yo, I'm about to send, do a well, call these, call, you know, the local sheriff's office and, and do a wellness check. Uh, one of my wrestlers, I, I, Vince don't seem like that kind of guy. He never has, and I don't think he ever will be. I mean, thank God that he's out of the business now, and now Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are running things. So it's it's getting a lot better. So expect expects people to be getting treated right, and less of the conspiracies on WWE and wrestling in general. And see, right here it says... Um... No one truly knows definitive why or how all this happened. But with the inner turmoil that many spoke of between Nancy and Chris are believed that that has triggered Chris into committing such heinous acts. Well, everyone except legendary professional wrestling journalist Bill Apter. He has been involved in the professional wrestling circuit since the 1970s and rose to prominence via his work with his publications like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which has played to the more theatrical side of pro wrestling without spoiling things for fans. And he said, um, I think it says June of 2007, he said, I think somehow Chris got in some sort of trouble. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was after or whatever, but I think something happened. And I think when he got home, Nancy and his son were already dead. To me, if a hit, a murder is done in a professional way, they can make it look like you did it and you committed suicide as well. Yeah, big facts, that, especially when you got the money for it. That's, I mean, that's why they're called professional hits. Because mm -hmm. make it look like yeah. an accident. Yeah, big facts. I understand that husbands and wives kill each other sometimes. They do, but not the boy. <laughs> this is why, what didn't make sense to me because I knew that I knew they had a volatile relationship. There were a lot of issues and all that, but because of Daniel, the boy, and how enamored he was with Daniel, I still today can't fathom that he could do this. And, I mean, there's plenty of people that say that they do not believe, like, no matter what was going on with him and his wife, they do not believe that he could have killed his son. So, look, listen to this. 
says, then before Chris Benoit died by suicide, he said he did some online searches. ABC News reports that he looked for stories about the prophet Elijah, who once raised a boy from the dead. Then according to Talk Sport, Benoit searched for the easiest way a person could break their necks. After placing Bible Bibles next to Nancy and Daniel's bodies, Chris Benoit went into the family home gym, according to Talk Sports. He tied a cable around his neck, attached the highest weight on a weight machine, and let go. However, the investigation into why the wrestler's life had come to a such grisly end was just beginning. <sighs> I'm sorry, I don't see that being necessarily true. That's a hard way to go out, especially by suicide strangulation. You know, like that's one of that's one of my like on the top five scariest ways to die. Yeah, is running out of oxygen. You know what I'm saying? Being not being able to breathe. It's top top five easily. Um, I couldn't imagine. I mean, something a little more suffice. You know, suffices as, as far as like the most effective way and painless way. Everybody knows what that is. Why would he choose one of the most horrific ways and most, uh, one of my most gruesome ways, you know, like, like choking yourself to death, bro. Yeah. Like that's, that's scary shit. Well, right here it says, um, his oldest son from his first marriage spoke out on what he thought of the thing. And he said, I thought it was a joke. I really did. I really thought it was a joke. I just didn't believe it for days. I think the day it really hit me was his funeral. That was a hard day. I was, it was super hard and I had to lay him to rest. And he also addressed the popular conspiracy theories that Kevin Sullivan had something to do with the death. Conspiracy theories are just a joke. Just a joke. Kevin Sullivan didn't do anything. We looked into that. We had the police look into him. It took me several months just sitting here thinking. I thought about it every day, you know. Why couldn't he leave a note or called me? I would have flown down. It's not easier to deal with now, but, you know, I can deal with it. I'm more educated about it. My mom told me some things, and I got a police report. It was a big one. It was a good 300 pages from start to finish. But that's another thing. If it was a murder-suicide case, why was there no note? Um, <laughs> technically, there was. I remember when I was watching Dark Side and I just looked it up. <clears throat> it wasn't like a note. He kept a diary. And the diary provided details about his mental state before the killing of his family and himself. Um, he had the handwritten uh, entries are addressed to a close friend of Benoit's wrestlers, Eddie Guerrero who had died in 2005 from an enlarged heart. Uh, Lawler Carey Itcher says, Benoit was upset, very upset about Guerrero's death. Benoit writes how much he loved Eddie Guerrero. 
and what good friends they were. It sure notes that at one point, Benoit wrote, I will be with you soon. It appears that Benoit were having thoughts about his own mortality, Itcher said. The station says the entries also note Benoit's love and admiration for his wife and son, Daniel. Itcher knew Benoit for years and is now representing his father in the legal process to decide who is the heir to Benoit's estate. His children from previous marriage or his wife's family, the couple left no will. But for him to for them to even say that he in in the book that he had shown that he loved his family, yeah. If a man who shows that he loves and he truly loves his family that much, he wouldn't do that to his family. No. And see, here's twenty four reasons that will prove that he is innocent. This is. Ooh, let's hear him. This is on IGNboards.com. It's just a thread blog or whatever. Number one, Chavo Guerrero, a close friend to Benoit, told WWE Magazine that he talked to Chris for a while on Friday night on his house phone. About 45 minutes into the conversation, Chris told him that there was somebody knocking at his door and he was going to see who it was. Shortly after Chris answered the door, there was a scuffle, and then his phone line went dead. Chris yes. could only be reached on his cell phone about three hours later. This is very significant. This explains why there was no forced entry. Chris let the killer or killers in. Number two, after Chavo reached Chris on his cell phone, he said that Chris sounded very odd, groggy, and tired, and he also said that Chris told him, I love you, Chavo which sounded forced. The WWE also said that when Chris called in and told them that Nancy and Daniel were sick, he did not sound like himself. He sounded groggy, and Chris then said, I love you, which they said was out of context because he usually doesn't do this. Number three, his cell phone is missing. Police cannot find his cell phone or the needle. It's because fucking killers took it or the needles that they say that he used to inject himself with steroids shortly before he died and the police have turned his cell phone off chris was not hanging from the weight machine he was laying on the floor underneath the machine another officer said that benoit was slumped against the weight machine not hanging from the weight machine mm -mm. Number five, there was a white cloth wrapped around Chris's neck. If he was so suicidal, why would he care if his neck was bruised? Six, the medical examiner says that Chris Benoit died on Saturday. The text messages were sent on Sunday. Chris was already dead, so who sent the text messages? The steroids found in Chris's house were not even in his body. If Chris had murdered his family, then why did he need to text people? Think about it. Everybody was dead. Nobody would hear him talking, so why text? Calling would have been easier. Chris, and Ch uh, Chris sent Chavo a text message telling him his address. 
why send somebody your address? Like, if they already know where you live, why send them your address? And his body was badly decomposed, about the same as Nancy's. This shows he died sooner than Sunday. Right, because they said that the murders happened all within a 48-hour period. Yep. So if he was decomposed around the same time as them, because if he killed them first and then himself two days later, they would be further uh, decomposed than he would be. So if they were decomposed nearly at the same amount of time, then that means that they all got murdered at around the same time. Exactly. And why would he tie Nancy up to kill her? He's a big guy. Well, he has easy access. Huh? He has easy access. She trusts him. She wouldn't be kicking and screaming, you know, especially if it was like blunt force trauma. She says, says she was bleeding from the head. So, and apparently the press was also reporting the manner of the deaths wrong. It says Daniel was shot in the head and Nancy was shot in her chest. Chavo said that the Crispin Wall seemed worried about something, but he could not get Chris to open up and tell him why he was worried. There was no Bible beside Chris's body. Why would he place a Bible besides Nancy and Daniel and not place one beside his own if he knew he was about to take his own life? And the question, if he's biblical, right? If he's religious, right? And he was reading into the Bible and he placed these Bibles. Does he not know? And he wrote in his diary that he will see Eddie Guerrero very soon, right? Doesn't he know as a, as a, as a, as a religious person that you... You don't get into heaven by suicide. Exactly. And there were 10 empty beer cans and an empty bottle of wine beside his body. But he tested completely negative for alcohol. The toxicology report confirmed that he had hydrocodone Xanax in his system. And those two combined would sedate him and make him very sleepy so he could not fight back. The police originally said that Daniel died on Friday because his body was badly decomposing. This supports my belief that all three died on Friday night. The police changed the manner of Daniel's death three times. First, he died from a garbage bag, then a chokehold, and then third was smothered by a pillow. Why would it keep changing? The police kept changing the location of where Nancy's body was found. First, she was found in the downstairs family room. Second, she was found in the upstairs bedroom. Third, she was found in the house office. Chris's father said that Chris called him on Father's Day and told him that he wished he could spend more time with his family, but he had to work. One of Nancy's friends says that Nancy loved Chris and she had no plans to leave him. And... Retired wrestler Bam Bam Bigelow died one nineteen oh seven. Sherry Martell died six fifteen oh seven. The Benoit family died six twenty two oh seven. Since the, this family died, two other wrestlers have died: Brian Adams and Johnny Crush, in July and August oh seven. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Brian Pillman all died. The night before they were set to win title belts. 
Sherry Martell's death is even more suspicious because she had ties to Nancy Benoit's ex-husband, Kevin Sullivan. And Kevin Sullivan told Chris Benoit that he would kill him. Kevin is the is currently a high-ranking member of a satanic cult and is also <laughs> the WWE board of directors. He also had motive to kill Daniel Benoit because he was Chris and Nancy's offspring. Um, retired wrestler Dusty Rhodes said that he danced with the devil when working with Kevin Sullivan, who is known as being cold-hearted and conniving. The Benoit family was murdered on the 10-year anniversary of Nancy's divorce from Kevin. Nancy Benoit's death, death was posted on the internet 14 hours before her body was found. And weeks before he died, Chris Benoit's colleagues said that Chris had been t uh, taking alternate routes to and from work and back to his house. And Chris and Nancy believed that somebody was following them. And the Benoit family was murdered the same week that WWE had the storyline of who who killed Vince. I don't know how to say that name. Vince no. It might be McMahon, but it's spelled different. M-C-M-A-H-O-N. McMahon. That's how it's spelled? Well, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> we never claim to be smart, people. We never claim to be smart. <laughs> Thanks, if you've listened to any other of our podcasts. I never, <laughs> ever will say I'm smart. I didn't. I will try to not say names just because I know I'm a fuck it up. <laughs> I know I'm a fuck it up. But do you think they were target of a hit? Jealous ex husband? What are your opinions? After taking it all in, I definitely think he was murdered. And man, his family. Um, who it was is very unclear. But after hearing all of it, who who I can really say did it, it had to be the jealous ex-husband. If he was as cold-hearted as they said that he was, then... It is is all connected. All connected. I think I agree with you on that because I mean, getting killed on the ten year anniversary of her divorce, <clears throat> the phone call, like it just, it's all such. I just, I do not. He had AJ that was made of gold, yo. That's all I'm saying. Like it's, it's worth killing the entire family over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the JJ made of gold. And see, that's what's crazy to me is that, like, they really, really, really are pushing that he killed himself and his family. 
But isn't it funny, too, how when all of the shit starts coming out saying that it was a hit or anything? Because it wasn't a very talked about thing up until recent years where people were starting to try to disprove that it was a murder-suicide. Well, it's always been well, a thing. It's well, always been ever since. I mean, I did question it. Like, I, I doubt that he did that. You now know they have saying? officials like, coming in, like medical examiners and people like that, that are stepping forward and debunking the fact that it was a murder-suicide. And They said starts, he had the brain. Huh? Like, his out, like they did, like his uh, what's that shit called when they when they uh, I played a bit they examine the dead body, an autopsy, the autopsy report, the autopsy report claimed that he had the brain of an eighty-six year old Alzheimer's patient. That's what his brain was like. Okay, which is practically mush. You know what I'm saying? Like, 86-year-old Alzheimer's patient? That's, like, wicked for a man his age. You know? You have a brain of double the man with Alzheimer's. But you about this. That is nutty when you... Now that this is all coming out, like, that the officials are trying to debunk the murder-suicide theory, that's when Vince retired was when official people started saying, hey, this wasn't right. This isn't what really happened. He just... That could be it. But Vince retired because he got caught up in a sex scandal. I heard about that, too. You nasty old fuck. He was, he was paying $15 million to female female wrestlers that he sodomized, that he, like, had sex with and shit. You nasty fuckers. Hey. hey. You seen some of them girls? No, let me stop. <laughs> That's not, this is not that kind of podcast, okay? <laughs> we don't do that here. They were spicy. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I think that's all I have for this one. Yeah, man, uh, I want to end it with uh, saying, rest in peace, Benoit family, man. Like, just know that we out here, we trying to find the truth, man. We trying to find the truth. And one day it'll come out, and then y'all will finally be able to rest in peace and not having people slander your name. Fuck you, WWE, for erasing him out of your fucking history books and all of your fucking shit. You guys are pieces of shit. All right, if he did go crazy and kill his family, it's because of you guys with all the fucking chair shots to the heads and doing all this shit, you know, hitting people across their fucking chrome domes with fucking foreign objects. Like, that's pretty fucked. Um, and then when you when somebody dies from it, you just wipe them from your history books. You're fucked for that. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing a shady side of WWE conspiracy podcast coming up very shortly, and you will be getting my full fucking attitude about it. So... That's all I gotta say. And since it's the end, I'll go ahead and plug our socials. Um, our Instagram, you can follow us at underscore exploration unknown underscore. Um, you can email us at exploration unknown twenty twenty two at gmail dot com. Uh, we have a pod page. I will make sure the pod page link is put in the show notes. I always have our socials linked in show notes. So that's it. Remember, no one's in control.
never has, never will be. <laughs> Bye, guys. And it's only when you do it that you realize what a prison you've lived in before. And what it gave me um, was a personal understanding of how easy it is for a few to control the many.